Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of Fight Chat Friday here with DKD Coach Academy. This week we're going to be looking at rhythm, tempo, how the two are similar but different and how to control them to maximum effect to get the best results in your sparring. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Fight Chat Friday. So on this episode, as Adrian mentioned earlier, we're going to have a look at tempo and rhythm. Mm. So this actually came as a suggestion from one of our recent videos in the comments. So um, the question was, I would like to learn more about timing and controlling the tempo in a match. For example, broken rhythm. So I've seen a couple of videos on this a few years ago, just an idea. So great idea. So we decided to tackle this topic today. Yeah. Um, first, we'll have a look at the difference between rhythm and tempo, break them down a little bit, and then we'll go through some ways to control and set both rhythm and tempo and give you ways to maybe double down on your um, ways to control the bout and maybe to bring more control towards your side with the intention of seeing out the match with a victory. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for us, I think when we were talking about how we see the difference between rhythm and tempo, it's almost like macro versus micro. So in this first instance, uh, in the black gloves and foot pads there, we have Jamie Williams really looking to slow down the tempo by spoiling a lot of what uh, Axel was looking to do. And in this case, trying to build the tempo by... Uh, increasing the intensity, linking shots together and looking to get an in uninterrupted flow. Um, so really what we're talking about is on a strategic level, trying to raise the intensity of the match to make the other person uncomfortable. And we can see that there from Ruben Williams in that clip as well. Whereas in this one, rhythm is more about on uh, on a much more micro level, trying to set uh, you know a, a frequency, you know, the, getting the bouncing, getting the body movement to a kind of a predictable frequency we're going to call it a rhythm so that you can then take advantage of that by breaking that rhythm whenever you want in order to get a score. Uh, and that's going to be what we're really thinking about in terms of the difference between the two. So mm -hmm. I, I suppose that's it. That's the high level thing. Tempo is really about the overall speed or pace of the match, whereas rhythm is about, you know, locally in a couple of seconds or in a, you know, a series of movements, how you establish a pattern so that you can then break the pattern of your advantage yeah definitely and that's it so the intensity will be be raised and it'll, you can drop it as well based on um like the, the point of the match whether you're up or down on the scorecards where mm -hmm. rhythm is a bit more of a constant thing and um, so you'll see like that repeated pattern and then trying to break that pattern and we'll have some a look and um, there's some clips today that we'll go through to give you guys some examples of how to set the rhythm different ways you can set the rhythm and also how you can break it to your advantage it's probably worth saying at this stage that this is just one of the controllables that we would see in sparring. And, you know, we have had, uh, you know, we put together a very uh, short uh, ebook to kind of focus on 10 ways to really improve your sparring. And one of those is being the boss or taking control. And Richie, do you want to talk about the kind of things that we can control and where we're going with this? Yeah, definitely. So this is just one area that you can really get massive benefits in your sparring so if you can control the the distance between the distance that the match is at so whether you want it at a close distance at a long distance and things like that and then what we're going to cover today the tempo mm. and maybe the rhythm there's a bit of a crossover there of course 
and then thirdly also the the space in terms of the ring position so yeah. if you can control the three of these things you're going to definitely sway the the almost the the chances of you becoming more successful in a in a competition scenario in your favor so i think it might be worth um actually doing a mini series on this so maybe we'll look at that yeah, today's sure. one as the, the tempo and rhythm and maybe we'll have a look at how to control the distance and then another one how to control the ring position and then couple that all together to maybe bring it together in a way that you can control the match and be the boss a bit better yeah for sure so one of the first tools that we have in terms of controlling the uh, rhythm uh, within any particular scenario is our footwork uh, so we can use our footwork and how we move the body to establish control over the rhythm uh, so let's have a look at it, some examples from high-level competition of people doing just that. Um, I think what you know, this is the first thing that people will think about. You know, and there are other yeah. ways, but I think this is definitely the first thing that people will think about in terms of rhythm. Yeah, and see, the thing is with with the tempo and the rhythm, it's it's similar in terms of the footwork that sets both. It's your bounce, your steps, your footwork, and how you do. And all these things in different ways in terms of different steps different movements and they actually create the rhythm and the tempo so there's a little bit of blurred lines there at times yeah. but this is a great um, example of the rhythm where you set the constant bounce and then it's broken and um, to come forward with a blitz whereas going back to our commenter's question like this is a good example of broken rhythm which is difficult to sustain for a long period of time but what you have is no established pattern so you can have, would say in this case, Axel's opponent in red is trying to find and establish a rhythm to get going. And Axel is keeping things varied in terms of the distance, the angle, mm -hmm. uh, and that's making it very, very difficult for his opponent to, to judge where he's going to be. Yeah, uh, here's Luke. He's bringing you, it's intensity, but it's also, he's looking at the rhythm as well. The constant bounce here is, it's very evident that it's, Okay, he's there, he's setting the rhythm, and then all of a sudden he changes it very quickly, and it becomes unpredictable, and that's what it's all about, because when you're predictable in your movement, it's easy for your opponent, whereas when you change that predictability, then the other side almost has to react, and they have to, they have to make a move or get hit, and that creates openings, and that's what happens here for Luke, he creates openings exactly that i mean here's one where we can see two uh two opponents trying to uh, establish the rhythm for themselves so we have uh julio carlos and i actually can't remember who's against in this particular clip yeah. um is it jack oh okay yeah perfect so um but you can see where they've both tried to establish those little micro advantages in terms of breaking the rhythm and julio ends up slightly at the you know better off at the end of it but that's the micro game in terms of setting rhythms because what happens is you're either lead leading or you're following you're never uh neutral in terms of rhythm so either you're leading and your opponent is having to react to how you move or your opponent is leading and you're having to react to how they move and it's really important to recognize which you're doing and most you know a lot of the time people will just fall into it and then they don't realize they're actually following the rhythm and then yeah. it makes their opponent appear faster or more unpredictable because they don't recognize the fact that they've already been put into a pattern, set into a rhythm. It's like being hypnotized in a way, you know? So if you don't recognize that it's happening, it could be quite powerful. So what we're always trying to do is recognize when you're following an established pattern rather than setting the pattern for yourself. And we need some behaviors that are like second nature 
to break out of these rhythms. So whether it's that you make a, a slightly different bounce, you make a backward step and come forward, you make a slight side step, you know, there are different things that you can do, even just lift and move with the front leg to try to like interrupt your opponent's rhythm so that you can now start to be the one who sets the rhythm again. Um, and, and you can see why it falls under a broader category of be the boss and yeah. control because you're as you said you need to be the one that sets out the stall here uh, and the reason why this actually is a thing is because of a whole broader concept uh, called chunking mm. and it's where we from doing loads and loads of hours of sparring we kind of pick up patterns in our mind um subconsciously almost and then because people can break those patterns that we expect there's openings that form and more opportunities become available so um chunking is just a, a little bit of a, a concept in sports science so if you want to kind of go a bit deeper into that it's worth checking out it's very very interesting and it will it will give you a, a concept as to why this is an option and why this happens in in sports not just combat sports like sure. ITF taekwondo but all sports and then we can look at well what else can we use to set a rhythm because we can't we don't have to just use our feet our whole body is in motion and our eyes are picking up this movement as well which is the whole yeah. thing if you really think about what you're doing with your movement as trying to gain control over that like visual response that your opponent is getting it's like a visual rhythmic thing that they're picking up on uh, and reacting to so we're trying to establish that we don't have to use just our hands our sorry just our, our feet so now we're going to look at using the hands and the body movement overall to try and establish that same kind of rhythmic control uh, over your opponent so we have a few nice yeah. little examples here and sometimes this is taken for granted but it's very very effective you see david Kerr here is on the right he's using his front hand and his front foot to almost make an invitation for his opponent to come in he's like i'm attacking but i'm not then his opponent sees an opportunity to bite on he goes for it and david is already a step ahead to counter him very very cleanly and get a clear score on the judges absolutely and you know here we have a, a very similar thing from the usa who, where he's looking to establish some patterns with this front hand high it's the, it's almost looking at that invitation can we invite my opponent to kick me to the to the body so i can go over the top um but you know it this and then we transition here into head and body movement and you know the same thing is very effective because it changes the opponent's perception of distance and the back forward back invites you to attack on one of those movements and you know if you're the one who's leading that's very powerful yeah this one is high level here from ross on the left and alice on the right and red so they're both trying to set out their stall almost with their front hand trying to establish that rhythm of their own and it's, it's when ross gets into contact then with his it just creates an opening that he can follow on and create some combinations from so it's very very effective to be able to use your front hand as well as it will kind of link up to other parts as well like your your distance management and things like that but mm. it, the, the big point here is not to forget about the hands when you're trying to set your rhythm and 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 link that into tempo then later on in the match as well one of the things um, so, that oh sorry Richie yeah, uh, I was just going to say one of the things that can be particularly challenging with this is it changes as your level increases so yeah. your rhythmic changes have to be way more obvious sometimes at the lower level of sparring so when you're at yellow green blue belt sparring sometimes these have to be really big obvious kind of movements for your opponent to react yeah. at all whereas they actually have to get a lot more subtle or they're just blatant obvious tells to uh, a high level uh, competitor so the small movements from david kerr in the front arm linked with the foot which then 
you know the little bit of a backward step the arm goes still the opponent comes in and he's hitting like that kind of thing is probably going to get no reaction at all from a yellow belt who might just stay on the spot and bounce it's like yeah well this is all a waste of time then so it, it does have to be in tune with the right level of opponent as well so that's kind of a an important thing to to recognize at this stage yeah and i think it, it, this is we always get the question as well of um why, why do we bounce mm. in itf compared to other combat sports yeah. and this is one of the reasons because the the speed is a little higher and we then need to have that rhythm at a bit more of a, a higher frequency as well often compared to other combat sports so by using a bounce and setting a rhythm it gives you an advantage and then Obviously, if the high-level guys do it, it's what everybody does. So it's very rare to see somebody very static on their feet being able to control the rhythm really, really well. So you might get away with it, at, as you said, at that yellow belt, green belt level. But at the really top level, you need to be able to have your feet ready and set that rhythm so you can move nice and fluid, be on balance, and throw shots in your rhythm. Absolutely. So going back to the principle of it, you know, we have to establish control of the rhythm in order to break it to our advantage. So the next thing is going to be looking at setting the rhythm to break the rhythm. And we've got a couple of clear examples of that here as well. Yeah, um, so this, this is all about looking for the entry. Yeah. Really. So you're, you're setting this rhythm like we had loads of examples of. So you're setting predictable behavior like circling here from Thomas Barada. He circles again, circles again. And now this is a predictable behavior. You expect it again. And now as an entry. So it's just all about setting setting a rhythm where your your opponent almost becomes comfortable in the pattern and then breaking that pattern very quickly. And the thing is, like this is a really obvious one where, you know, Thomas is like sidestep, sidestep, bounce, sidestep, sidestep, bounce, and it then sidestep, sidestep, go. And, you know, this is a, a slightly more intricate version from Julio here. Uh, but it is very much the same thing. It's about yep. I'm showing you a pattern. You're you know subconsciously adapting to my pattern so i'll go over here but i won't do anything too much um so the, that that's a bit of a replay of the actual scoring shot but as we go here you can see he kind of goes here sets himself up nothing much he goes to the side he sets himself up but this time oh it's a real shot and it's that kind of like really sim in some ways when you say it out loud it's super simplistic yeah but in the moment you're doing things that human beings naturally do. We respond to music, we respond to rhythm. If someone plays the drums, you're going to get into the rhythm of that. If we pad are training work. and doing pad work and I go from 120 beats per minute to 140 beats per minute, you'll probably hit faster. You know, it takes a lot of concentration to not engage with the rhythm that's in front of you. So when you're seeing it, you're feeling it, you'll tend to follow it. And so the person who's in control of that you know, they're the person who has the advantage when it comes to the rhythm breaking. Especially when we, we think about this as a very micro part of the, the broader game. Yeah. So it's like when, when you're thinking about something else, maybe that person is thinking, OK, I need to close the space while the other person is that step ahead because they're setting the rhythm that you're now in. You look mm -hmm. to close the gap and they're just going to pick you off. Absolutely. So then if we link to maybe where we're going with this in the future, we've talked really about, um, we've talked a lot about rhythm. We'll talk a little bit about tempo before we finish. But this is just something that everybody can take control of. And, yeah. and that's the important thing. It doesn't require particular, it does require skill, but it doesn't require an ability to throw any particular shot. You, you can set rhythm with your footwork, with your hands, with your body, overall body or head movement. You can do it when you're behind. You can do it when you're ahead. It's always under your control to take uh, control of the rhythm of the match. 
and so they're kind of some universal controllables you can always determine where in the, the ring you want to fight so you can always fight yeah. for the middle you can always move towards the edge or towards the corners um and then also in terms of the distance between you and your opponent that again is something that you regardless of the techniques that you prefer whether you're right legged left legged tall short it doesn't matter you can influence what that distance is you can make it longer you can make it closer um and we're not saying your opponent will let you do it but you you always have the ability to interact in those ways and so we like to talk about those because they're they're something that everybody can work with everybody can try to establish control over those dimensions and if you're in control of any of them you have some advantage and if you're in control of two or three of them the match will be shifting in your favor as you've said before so just talking about tempo i suppose overall the the concept of it and and you know where we'd use it um I, we threw on a, a little example right at the beginning when we were contrasting rhythm and tempo and uh what we we're kind of looking at is slowing a match down or speeding a match up and why would we want to do that and what different opponent would in, incline us to do it yeah so obviously if you have somebody here like axel on the left he's very very wiry and he, he's very quick so it, it makes sense to maybe pick moments where you want to bring the intensity down mm. because may, maybe um, you're not going to be able to live at his intensity for the whole round of whether it's two minutes, whether it's four minutes. It doesn't matter what the, the round is. Maybe you can't live at that tempo they're used to training at because they do it all the time. Yeah. Whereas you want to be more settled into your own um, your own tempo, um, which may be a bit more controlled. And, and as well, if you can take somebody out of where they are comfortable at, it gives you a better advantage. I think Ideally, that's the key one. Where you are. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the key one. Like everybody has a pace and we've experimented with this quite a bit by forcing tempos on people and everybody has a pace or a work rate where they're comfortable. And yeah. a lot of that has to do with the setting of rhythms as well. So if you are like, let's imagine you're a drummer. Okay, we'll go with an analogy instead. And you've got to have one foot playing the bass drum. You've got to have, you know, uh, hands working between like rhythm and cymbals and whatever else you're doing. Like that requires a a certain kind of concentration to do that the whole way through. Um, And to maintain that for a full match takes a particular level of concentration. And sometimes you just, you don't want to concentrate for four minutes straight. You want to be able to relax and go in bursts. And so being able to slow the tempo and take the initiative out of the you know take the initiative out of it and just kind of really slow the pace can be very helpful particularly if you've got a lead if your opponent's going to need to uh, to link some techniques together to build a score then tactics like making the distance longer going uh, you know side facing and working your way around the ring uh, clashing or spoiling you know all of a sudden these things or direct counters you know these things are huge to slow the rhythm down Whereas when you're trying to or slow the tempo down, crossed tempo, over the yeah. words there, when you're trying to increase it, you've actually got to do something different. You've got to, you know, set and break rhythms. You've got to follow through and maximize scores. You have to link and continue sequences of movements. You have to make sure that the restarts are quick. You've got to, you know, make sure that you take advantage of, we'll say, exits and, uh, and losses of balance as well to maintain pressure on your opponent and make it so that they don't get room to think. And that's a higher like that in a lot of ways that takes a lot of concentration you know a lot of telling yourself be next be next be next or be first even you know i think it's quite different to do and some people do it naturally better than others or train for it better than others and some people you know have a different tempo that they work to that's slower you know 
I think that that's why the likes of Julio Carlos are very successful because mm. they, they live in this tempo very, very often in their training, in their all their con- uh, contests, even if it's the first round. Yeah. They, they live in this intensity and they live with that rhythm. So then when somebody else who's not used to it comes in, it becomes very, very challenging. And you'll often see maybe people can stick with you for the first round, yeah. maybe the first three quarters of a match. But then the, the, towards the end, the, the person who's very used to this intensity will be able to just pull away. And you'll see it time and time again. And it might even be as simple as a warning being a difference. It's just that lack of concentration, maybe that, that moment lapse, and then something just goes wrong for you because you're not used to that, that mental concentration also that comes with that higher intensity. Excellent. So let's see what we can come up with for next week in terms of either managing the distance between uh, between opponents so that you can, again, take advantage of that uh, or managing their spacing in the ring and how that affects the overall score. Um, but I think that's us on this topic for this week. Again, if people do have questions, if people have co- ideas, please put them in the comments either on, under this video or on any of the social media and we'd be really happy to get back to all of those. And if people have examples they want to send us in terms of ring position or in terms of controlling distance, you know, for next week's chat or the week after, we'd be really, really happy to uh, have a look at those and see if we can discuss those on the channel. Showcase people who watch. Yeah, exactly. That's a good idea. Let's get people who who watch the show. Let's put you on the show. So send us your videos and we'll showcase the, the things that you guys can do. Um, and don't forget as well, check out the, the ebook that we mentioned earlier mm. on. Link is in the description of this video. And we'll see you in the next video. Thanks for watching. See you next time.